everyone. Welcome back to What the Fertility. Today, we have an exciting guest on with us. We have Helen Davenport-Peace with us. She is a conception doula, a fertility yoga teacher. She has her own um, birth courses. She has her own website. She just started her new um, podcast, as well as fertility mentoring. I mean, the list goes on of all the things that she has. We are so excited to just hear from you and hear all the services that you offer, as well as you sharing your own um, personal journey. Yeah, so thank, you so much. thank you so much to both of you that having on the show because I'm a big fan of your podcast. It's so needed. It's so oh. needed to hear people's stories when we're, we're out there and we're so isolated and lonely. So yeah, really lovely to be on. So oh. I am joining you from my studio, my yoga studio in, in Manchester in the UK, which is where I'm based. So yeah, the main body of my work, I work as a, a conception doula, which is something I kind of labeled and created myself. And what that essentially looks like is so I, I did my yoga training about six years ago, five years ago now. I specialized in fertility yoga and prenatal yoga um, and relaxation. So lots of restorative yoga with kind of props and bolsters and things. And soon realized that as I was, so I'm, I'm a university lecturer by trade and education. I've stepped away from that now as my business has expanded, which is, which is amazing. Um, I soon realized that people were coming for the yoga, but they were coming for so, so much more than that. You know, they were coming to meet other women that were on fertility, having their own fertility challenges. They were coming because they wanted to talk. <laughs> and they were quite often, not everybody, but quite often very, very anxious. So, it, you know, that's my own journey and my experience. So now I work with supporting women through maybe they haven't been trying that long, but they're really, really anxious and stressed. Maybe they're about to start an assisted conception cycle and I support them in the ways that a doula would. And we typically think that a doula would support someone and we have that, we attach that to pregnancy, don't we? But I've kind of applied it with, you know, someone's really struggling with their injections, if they need someone to help advocate in the clinic, all of that kind of stuff, I'm there by their side. So they come to me for hours and some people want movement, some people want support with, they can't sleep, they're waiting for their embryologist call, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm there and I'm there in their phone as well so they have me kind of in their back pocket and that's been fantastic and I'm working with an awful lot of women some couples not very many majority women um and I also teach yoga courses as well for, for women who are trying to conceive um so I'm in the middle of one of those at the moment and yes I also have a birth course for people who are in long-awaited pregnancies because I will come to my story anxiety was a huge piece for me when I finally was pregnant um so me and my my um colleague Hannah Tappenden who is a reflexologist fertility reflexologist we have created this birth course and pregnancy support course really for women who have finally got there and because it's not it wasn't quite how I expected it would be when I finally got those two lines so yeah it's quite nuanced it's very tender it's it's knowing what those women have been through to get there and holding them through that space so that's kind of the body of my work I'm sure I probably missed a few bits out I also work with other women that are working in fertility as a fertility practitioner as a mentor because that oh, was what you know wow. that's incredible all married together really nicely but of course it's been born out of my own experience my own journey not everyone likes the word journey do they but it kind <laughs> of does, it does sum up kind of it's, don't think it ever really ends the journey does it but it kind of sums it up so I will give you the express version of my journey very ordinary story really I got married so I got married at 33 I I'd wanted children for quite a long time. I'd been with another partner for most of my 20s who had not really wanted children, not, not with me anyway. <laughs> so I had now got married. 
um on our honeymoon we were like yes I'm so excited it's like I'm so excited finally we can, we can try and I just thought I was very naive I hadn't really had any friends who had struggled to conceive there was no one in my family that had taken more than a month two three months to conceive well my cousins my, my sibling it hadn't been part of my story to know other people that had had struggled so I just thought it would happen I actually thought it would just happen straight away so it's like I didn't want to plan before the wedding because I wanted to be able to have a drink at the wedding and I I just went into it quite naive, really, quite innocent. And then it didn't happen for us. Um, and, you know, it's very familiar. It's, it's got to six months, started to think, well, this doesn't look great. <laughs> but everyone says it does take time. Got, you know, started the doctor's calls, GP. So essentially, we were unexplained for a very long time. The express version of that story is we do have a little boy now. He's seven. Oh, third, round, third cycle of IVF lots of things happening along the way I had some investigative surgery which didn't really find anything there's all that kind of stuff we accrue so I've skipped through five years there of kind of not nice times in my 30s wow five years oh my goodness had my little boy at 38 um which is is amazing we I had a very stressful pregnancy and I will talk about my pregnancy a little bit it's kind of where I've ended up where I am now because I work with grief as well so I want to talk a little bit about that so my pregnancy I had a condition called vasoprevia which I don't know if you've heard of that it's something that's out on no so placenta previa is where the placenta covers the cervix isn't it and most people have heard of placenta previa Mm. previa is more complex so I did have placenta I had full placenta previa so my placenta was low which I think is more common in IVF pregnancies because of the way that the embryo gets transferred um no one was particularly worried about that they were like well it might move come back after the 20 no they they were going to scan me again at 32 weeks and at 26 weeks I had quite a catastrophic bleed which was very stressful and was kind of blue lighted in hospital and had this condition diagnosed where vasoprevia the fetal the umbilical cord isn't protected and it runs over the cervix so the baby can die and it's it's a quite a high it's quite um it's responsible for quite a lot of stillbirths, that's a preview. It's very rare. It's staggeringly rare. So anyone listening to this who is now in their pregnancy, a long-awaited pregnancy, it's lightning strike rare. And luckily for me, I've got the lightning strike. What it means, if it's diagnosed, great, because the chances are everything's going to be okay, but you're not, I wasn't allowed to go home then. So I had to spend the rest of my third trimester in hospital on bed rest. Oh, my goodness. And it was not... The entire third trimester, you were in the hospital. So when I talk about grief, I think for me, and I will talk more about grief as as our conversation unfolds, grief isn't always the loss of someone, is it? It's so many things. So yeah, I think fertility robs us of so many things. And I was robbed of that kind of the baby shower zone, you know, the going out with my bum. I didn't really even have a very big bump at 26 weeks. So yeah, I was in hospital that had many, many bleeds. That's the preview. That is a kind of something that comes along with it. Nearly had to go and deliver him at very along the way. So he, he, we made it to 35 weeks, which is really good going. But it was hanging on by the skin of my teeth. So it's very traumatic, actually. It was a very traumatic third right. trimester after being very anxious in pregnancy anyway so it wasn't like a breeze into pregnancy when I finally got that pregnancy test I was so shocked like I didn't it's you wait for this 
to happen for so long and it was like oh my goodness and I was happy for all of about an hour and then I was like what if something goes wrong it's like then all the wait- fear comes in yep you've waited it for so long and I didn't think it would be like that I was because I could only focus on getting pregnant that had been yep. my focus for so long I hadn't occurred to me <laughs> that pregnancy itself might be very long you know it's a lot of waiting I don't know whether you identify with that or whether absolutely you have- yeah, it's like whoa I've got I've got to get to the heartbeat and then I've got to get to the next scan and then it was like all these milestones that I had to kind of yeah time just went like treacle slow very very anxious but I had also been very anxious on my fertility journey as well so anxiety is a big piece for me in what that looks like um and how we recover from these stories afterwards you know because I think we go into motherhood there's no rest in between your very long fertility journey, your traumatic, your stressful fertility journey, and then having a newborn that is dependent on you. There is no kind of time to make sense of everything that went before. So that's why I kind of work in these quite long arc of preconception through maybe assisted conception or however people become pregnant through pregnancy and through into motherhood as well, because I think fertility I think for some people that they do manage to close the door on on that, and then, then but I think for a lot of people it it's it stays with you. You know, I, I haven't been able to extend my family to the size that I would like to extend my family because I was advised not that I might have that condition again, and for lots of other reasons. I think it's it's tricky, isn't it? It's wow. and it's not talked about enough. So I'm about to in September train as a psychotherapist because I really want to specialize as a psychotherapist in reproductive trauma I don't think enough of them exist that's amazing yeah I don't think enough people in the facility community get to tell their story get to have anyone hold their grief anyone hold the experiences that we endure because we all do when when we're in this place for you know longer times so yeah that's that's they are all the things I'm passionate about I, mean, I realize I've said a lot of things there no that's incredible and I don't know if you knew this but I have um my license in uh counseling so that is my background so that's so cool I really love that you're doing that that's incredible I think you realize don't you what that that is a missing piece to me it's like I can be there and I can support you with the knowledge that I have and the experience that I have from previous career and my own experience but I want to go a bit further in with that and see what how we can help because there are not enough therapists out there that have walked the walk, you know, Absolutely. and to find the person that I have, I do have actually I'm a brilliant therapist who hasn't walked the walk, but I think you can also run into people that don't know and they try and they don't, they don't really understand it from the inside. Absolutely. I know Kat has mentioned on ep- other episodes before and Kat wishes she could be here, um, but she has mentioned before, I think just she tried working with different counselors when she was going through it and they just, she couldn't write, like she couldn't work with them anymore anymore because they just didn't get it and I think that's just incredible especially if you have walked it and yeah like you said there are you know therapists out there that are wonderful even if they haven't gone through it but it just I think hits so differently when you as the therapist can understand and really truly like resonate what they're saying and what they're going through so is is that your counseling field in facility now no. So I actually stepped away um, once I had my son. So I no longer am doing that. And I 360, I opened up a children's clothing store. So completely different. But um, yeah, wow. it was, um, that was what I was doing. Look how life takes us in these journeys. And, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would love to kind of have you, if you want to like break down, um, like 
each kind of one, I know you mentioned a lot of different things that you do, but like, for instance, the conception doula, like how people could even uh, be a part of it, like how they could hire you, what that looks like. If you can kind of just like start from that process and explain that to us. So I tend to work with people in a block of four or six sessions. Usually some people do come for an hour because they know exactly what they want, what they need. And then we tend to hone in on what it is. Like some people want the relaxation, you know, they want the guided relaxation. They want yoga nidra. They're really struggling with sleep. They just want an hour where they can get on their mat. They can move their body. The fertility. So quite often I do fertility yoga. I um, have really specialized what my fertility yoga is. I do not offer that out as increase your chances of pregnancy. I don't really buy into that that much for reasons. Don't think there's enough evidence out. There isn't enough evidence out there for people to say. It's very inviting. I think it sells things very well. But I'm more interested in people being able to come back into their body because I think trying to conceive it's so it's so cognitive like we're on google we're trying to find things out we're trying to research clinics we're trying to plan things plan our work schedule right it's it's so much that we're googling symptoms you know we're we're so up here and I think anxiety comes out for the majority of people whether they realize it or not because we get quite disconnected with our body don't we like we might start to wonder why we're getting digestive troubles now we're trying to conceive and it's like then we start to address our diet and we throw so many things at it I know I did yeah I went really far down so many rabbit holes of endocrine disruptors of clean eating of keto of all these different things and it I felt so unwell. Like I was doing all of these things on paper that looked so healthy. But I think I was really anxious. I think my nervous system was like, what on earth is going on? Like, yeah. What are you doing to us? Like um, in this scarcity of, a, you know, this lovely abundant way we can eat in a healthful way and actually being very rigid. I think I definitely did, was quite rigid. I was quite an A-type personality. I've not been used to not being able to study and get what I want. I think that's quite common for a lot of people the longer they spend in this landscape to think, oh, it's, it's my fault, you know, I need to be doing something. So yeah, anxiety is the piece to me. And I think coming back into the body, connecting with the sensations of the body, which is kind of quite interested in somatic work and how we work somatically with the body to be able to come almost befriending anxiety a little bit and being with those things that's a big focus I do a lot of work with the pelvis places where we hold a lot of tension on our journey hips you know lower back all of that kind of I think it's quite medical isn't it you know we have a lot of we have a lot of invasive things happen to us and we just plow on regardless because we're so we want to get to the destination of getting the positive test getting to the pregnancy and holding our baby we ride over it like all the internal scans all of that so I'm really interested in really spending time with the body and nurturing the body so lots of people work with me in that way in a kind of physical let's 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 look at that anxiety and somatic work and breath work and meditation and soothing and journaling and all toolkitting people with little simple things they can have with them people who get very anxious in the waiting room for example waiting for test day the two-week wait waiting for those calls to see how many eggs all of that waiting it's like managing waiting so that is a big piece of my work it's like what have we got what might be helpful panic panic attacks what could we like just simple things like particular breath techniques you could use in the waiting room, particular visual cues you could actually look to bring yourself back in. You know, being on our phone is actually really unhelpful if we're feeling anxious because our body doesn't know where it is in space and time. So there's lots of things that we can pull in to support people through those little, I think particularly with, I mean, even with a 
a regular cycle. There's a lot of waiting, isn't there, and trying. But an incessant conception cycle is very stressful. So it's supporting with stress. And then quite often these women stay with me because brilliant, they become pregnant, amazing, that's what we want. And then that pregnancy, particularly in the first trimester, can be so hard. You know, quite often we don't feel very well. I had hyperemesis, so it was just a complete not like I thought I thought I would be wearing lovely dresses and buying lovely things and I was just gripping on for dear life on the side of my bed I couldn't that was cat that was cat as well so coming to peace with that you know this isn't maybe what you thought it was going to be like maybe you are anxious maybe you feel really so ill like I think that's probably where I need people people need support as much as anywhere else so the people quite often stay with me People do tend to gain more confidence to, with as the pregnancy progresses, you know, they get some feedback from their baby, they can feel baby's movements, they have reached particular points where they're starting to feel more comfortable. And, and a lot of people get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm going to go to a regular pregnancy yoga class now, but I can do pregnancy yoga from the waist up. So if people feel very nervous about moving their body, I can support them to join regular classes in a way where they can advocate for what they need and move in a way that feels safe. So there's so many things, and increasingly I'm working with people with Hannah on our Golden Shores, it's called, our birth course, to support them through birth and motherhood, because you have already been, your journey's been a lot longer to get here, how are you going to look after yourself, because we're so, we're so baby-centred focused, I think, yeah. and I think for me, I didn't have a clue, I didn't even know the fourth trimester was a thing, <laughs> I just went into it, and and it was quite shocking for me the first trimester in terms of me coming out of hospital, bringing this, I haven't been home for like 12 weeks, bring this baby home, no sleep. It was like simultaneous wordless joy of having this baby. And also, wow, I went through something quite huge there. And yep. yeah, I think there's a lot of, we, we prep on birth, don't we, for this, this day, this, maybe it's longer than a day for some people birth. We don't really think about the rest of our lives. So <laughs> that's where we kind of try and lots and lots of things that we do with people of working, you know, for fourth trimester preparation and birth preparation. So we do hypnobirthing. We do some more powerful active birthing things. It's really beautiful. And the women that come and find us, I think they're just really glad to have found somewhere that gets them, you know. Um, so yeah. And whole... you said that that's called what was it on Golden Shores? Golden. Yeah. Um has only started recently and it's it's growing and it's really lovely and people are having their babies and bringing their stories back to us so amazing we, I think it's 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 so it's and it's grief I come back to that grief piece you know a lot of it I've heard it called disenfranchised grief of things that we lose along the way like we lose the way we thought it would happen like we would get married like for me I would get married and then I would have a baby and then I might have two more babies in a particular order and I would have done with that by the time I was 36, 37 and didn't go that way. And we can grieve the loss of our embryos. We can grieve the loss of, yeah, innocence. And, and then for a lot of people, that miscarriage, baby loss. And we still keep going, you know, we still keep going without time to hold space for that. So tonight I'm actually holding a grief tending circle for fertility. So oh, wow. People can come and be with their grief because I don't think in the modern world and in a lot of cultures anyway, we have time for that. You know, we don't make space to be with those feelings. And I think that that's probably a big thread of my work as well. It's like we we have to be with it a little bit 
Absolutely. Yeah. That's incredible. That's, I, I wish you were here in the States. I would have like, I could easily come to all of these things that you offer. Um, I know obviously you are in the UK and um, you offer your classes in person. Do you have anything online, online as well? Mostly online. So I have American clients. Oh, wow. The time difference makes that quite tricky. So yeah, I, have, um, I, was, I was in person and then the pandemic, I was like, I'm never teaching yoga online. When we all went like lockdown, like I'm not doing that. And then I quickly did start doing it. So my community is quite global really now, pretty prominently UK, but I do have quite a lot of international clients and the majority of my work is online. So that's incredible. What does that look like as far as um, like as an online client? Is it still pretty similar? Um, The difficulty is I can't touch you. So it's like (laughs) just people in yoga shape. But so for the yoga courses that I run, I don't run them very often. I run them once or twice a year. There is also a WhatsApp community group. So I will do a lot of the kind of, we're going to do this pose tonight, guys, and you probably need to something a bolster. Here's how you might fashion a bolster. There's a lot of kind of, it's not just turn up for the class. So at the moment, there are 22 women in a WhatsApp group. They, we talk in between the session. We have different themes that we go through. Um, there's some community there as well. So it's been really important to me to try and recreate that in an online studio space in the way that you might, it's not the same as being in a person space. It's not. But when I have run them locally, the groups are much smaller because the people in a small, like in Manchester, I mean, it's one in six, so they shouldn't really be smaller groups, but it is. it does tend to be a smaller experience running locally, whereas I've got around, you know, 22 people on this online course and then people can connect in between. And I think that's so important. And it's not like we're talking about trying to conceive all the time in those conversations. It's just knowing that other people get it and that you're not going to. I'm so fascinated with the way that people talk to us when they don't understand. <laughs> like, yeah. If you go on my Instagram page, a lot of what I talk about is, is language and communication and the things that people say and what we do with that. Um, and I think, you know, if you're in a room with women who have been trying to conceive for a while, however long that is, you're not going to be told to just relax, you know, <laughs> just to go yeah. on holiday and that stuff. So that's lovely. Yeah. That's incredible. That's amazing. Okay. So I know you said that you are starting to train to be a psychotherapist as well. Um, and then you also, you started a podcast. Am I right? Is that yeah. So and we're that- very admiring of what you have, have produced. So yes, we're trying to do, um, we've done a season of six and they are birth stories of people that have had a longer journey together. So we've talked to Jenny Ag, who is a um, newspaper columnist in the UK, who talks about who will be our next guest. We've talked to quite a few people about their stories and what their birth was like. Were they able to prepare for birth? You know, because I think a lot of people, it's too much to think ahead. You know, it's too much to buy the crib. It's too much, you know, and, and we don't, it's very difficult to be able to think about that. So we've tried to pull these stories together where people can say, this is how I did that. And this is what my birth story was like. And this is what it was like afterwards as well. That's, so, yeah. that's amazing. And that's also on Golden Shores, right? That's Golden Shores. And all of my stuff is just under my name, Helen Davenport Peace. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And where can we find that at? It's up and running and we could. Yeah, yeah. Instagram is where you'll find me most. So Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh is where I am and similarly the golden shores there's a website for both of those things and yeah because I think sometimes you just need to find people that 
talk about this stuff, you know, then I don't think it's, I don't think the trauma and the grief and the anxiety of it all is really as widely understood as it should be, certainly not in the medical world, you know. Absolutely. I think it's most definitely my experience is you just keep moving on to the next thing. It was very brushed over. I was quickly just offered medicine just to go on right after, which is, I mean, it works for some people. I personally didn't want to go on medicine right after I delivered, um, but I had a lot of anxiety. And so, yeah, it was just quickly brushed over um, and it's not talked about. So definitely. It's difficult when you've got your baby because you don't, it's a very, I don't know, it's maybe different in America, maybe very different how you get looked after. Presumably we have health visitors here. And I didn't really feel like I wanted to share too much in case you thought I couldn't look after my baby, which is probably quite irrational thinking. But it's like, I don't, how much of this do I say that actually I'm I'm not sleeping because I'm too scared to go to sleep because I want to watch that he's breathing. Like it was quite high level of I couldn't believe that I could be fortunate enough to have my baby and that everything was going to be okay. Yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? The support there. And yeah, I think it can be very quickly off a medication, but I think that is great. and that is probably important for a lot of people, but there's also deeper work underneath to be done, isn't there, I think? Absolutely. And having someone witness it and say, wow, you went through a lot and you need support, you're gonna carry on needing support, you know, um, as all as all new mothers do. We don't have the village that we used to have around us, do we, in the same way? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so true. Goodness, that's incredible. Is there anything specifically that you would wanna share Um, with our audience. I know you shared such amazing things of what you offer and just about grief, um, but is there any additional things you want to share, what you offer, or just advice for anyone kind of walking this journey? Oh my goodness, advice. I think what I would say to myself, like if I could go back in time to 33-year-old me that was just maybe six months in starting to get really stressed. I think the things that really supported me were was community. And that was really important for me to find. I was quite lucky. I found an online forum and still speak to those women today. So I, that was very essential for me. So I think finding people that you feel comfortable to talk to that are going to really understand and you get it. And it's complicated when we make friends that are also trying and, and in that world because we don't all can we don't all get pregnant at the same time. So they're complicated friendships, but I do think that that kind of connection community was really, really important. I think the other thing that I would say is I have a very huge, and you'll you'll see that if anyone comes in and, and looks at my page, I have a real huge pass, like passion and fascination about the wellness industry and the message that it gives about fertility. I think that can be really troubling and it can take us down roads where we're quite, we can be quite rigid and get very worried and, and blame ourselves for not being, not doing it right. I don't think, and this is a generalization, but I don't think men experience that in the same way. I don't think the messaging is aimed at men in the same way as it is at women in terms of fertility support. I know that we carry the child, but in terms of fertility, you know, I don't, I think it's very gendered. So that kind of, I'm quite passionate about ethics and the ethics of the wellness community in terms of, yeah, people that might not have traveled that path themselves being very quick to give advice to people who have traveled it a long time and that they can kind of fix that fit. You are, something needs fixing. I think that could be really problematic because fertility is mysterious, you know. It's very, very mysterious. It is men and women who are going through that. So I think being thinking about your relationship with with wellness and that it is 
also capitalism <laughs> it's like there is always something that you could buy or that you could change or that you could look at yourself and there will always be new trends that come out but you are doing a brilliant job so I think that's what I want to say to anyone listening here you will be doing so so much we only have to look at some of our friends and family to know that they weren't doing any of those things and they conceived straight away you know it's blame and how we kind of be with shedding some of those layers of blame that I think we kind of start to bring into ourselves I think that would be my message you're doing a brilliant job write everything down you're doing a lot um and do that really I do that with a lot of love you know particularly if people feel like oh you know those months where you try everything it's like you've thrown everything in the bag like really expensive supplements you did the fertility yoga you did everything you possibly could that feeling when, when you do get your period is crushing and yeah I think that that is um I would like to extend a lot of love out to people who 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 then look back and think well it's because I'm not doing enough it's like you are yeah. really it is that hard and if if doctors knew it all they they knew <laughs> like yeah. if there was something out there that we knew it would be you know we would know it and I think it's that blame thing I like to protect people from that if I can I hope that makes sense I don't no know absolutely it's incredible you're so right I I love that I think that will really resonate with a lot of people and be really helpful for sure yeah it's not an easy place to be is it and we need to really surround ourselves with the people that make us feel good you know similarly on your Instagram feed this is people that you're following that do not every time you see them think oh that I just, I'm not trying hard that's you mute them you know it's like curate your field and find the people that are your real luminary people that you come away with from feeling better you know um because it's it's wild out there the fertility advice that I don't know whether you experienced that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I always say, um, my, that my family has said this, but be with people who like fill your cup. Um, don't, you know, take all from your cup. Um, so just even that, just a little. Absolutely. And the people that we consume on social media and the books we read, they're also in our field. You know, I burnt quite a lot of my books. <laughs> I'm, <a little laughs> it's like, I'm, gonna burn. I'm not, this book makes me feel, I'm no. not going to name books because that's hard. <laughs> But there were some that really didn't, they made me feel quite panicked, actually. So it's like, right, it's time to let some of that go, which in the last year, I let a lot of that stuff. I tried to bring the things that were like really feeding my joy a bit more because I think I had I had lost connection with that. And yeah, so sometimes we need to edit a little bit, don't we? What we're seeing. In- yeah, that's incredible. Oh my goodness, Helen, I love all of your things. I like can't wait to even dive deeper into your website. Um, and you have, I was looking, you have a um a free guidebook, is that right? Oh, I I yeah, I have a I have one that I did this year, which might be useful for anyone listening. I wrote something for some people, some of my clients, but I, I get put it out in the world. It's free. It's called Rewild. It's for anyone that's taking a break. So you know, sometimes you just think, I, I, or you maybe your partner's away, you can't try that month, or maybe it's summer and you want to go on holiday and you want to just not think about it for a while. Or I don't know, maybe you, you're on the back of a cycle that, that hasn't worked that time. It's for taking a break, we're taking a break that feels good. So you can kind of think, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'd like to do in this time and really make it meaningful for you. Because I think sometimes taking a break can be really tough because we want a baby, we want a baby yesterday. We don't want to, we don't want to take breaks. But sometimes, you know, maybe you've had surgery, you've got to take a little pause. I have a guidebook for that that I wrote I wrote this year. I have some um, free meditations on Insight Timer that you can find, which are about waiting. It's really good for the two-week wait. 
Um, there's a walking meditation as well. If you're like, if, if, you, if you're waiting for that embryologist call or you're waiting for test day, get moving and meditating at the same time. So they're a nice free resource that people can access. That's incredible. Well, I will definitely link everything onto our website as well as on our um, Apple and Spotify on the bio there when we post our this episode and it goes live. So I'll definitely link it for people to access. But what is the best way um, if someone is interested in hiring you, becoming a client, what's the easiest way for them to contact you? Find me on Instagram. If you're not on Instagram, you can email me. My email's on my website. Um, yeah, I'm very friendly. You can ask me anything. Even if you don't want to work with me, you just want to ask me a question. It's just like I'm I'm a, I spend too long on Instagram, but I love it. I don't I don't I don't resent being there because I really enjoy it and I enjoy the community that I have there. So yeah, you can find me there, find me online. Perfect. Okay. And again, her Instagram is at Helen Davenport Peace. And if you you can just go to her Instagram, but her website is also there. Um, and her website is thefold.uk. Is that right? That's the name of my studio. I'm probably going to transition that to my name, but that is the name of the studio when I started and I was working quite locally. So yeah, but that's, it's the fold is my studio. It's incredible. Well, thank you so much for all that you do and for just all the women and just everything that you offer and that you're continuing to offer with your podcast. Now I can't wait to listen and just hear all these birth stories. It's incredible what you're doing. We're so thankful. I have to have you on as a guest. And you yes, that would be amazing. I know Kat and I's birth stories are pretty different. So that would be really cool too. Yeah. The next season, we might, I might come and say, come, come and talk to us about what it was like for you. Because I think that's one thing I'm going to say is I think we think when we're pregnant, we're not allowed to complain. <laughs> like you want so much and you've got this, and you, you know, particularly with people that we've met in the trying to conceive community who are not there yet, that becomes very difficult. What are we allowed to say in terms of, actually, my pregnancy was very challenging in lots of ways. Wonderful. It was wonderful. I'm really glad I experienced it, but it was challenging. Having a safe space to be able to say that and to hear other people's stories, I think is, is going to be really powerful. And to hear other people manage to think about birth, you know, think about getting, there's a lot of jinxing, isn't there? If I do if I do this, like that kind of conversation has come up quite a lot for people who've been on the podcast so far. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's going to be really helpful for people. That's incredible. And I feel like even more so with people that, you know, struggled with fertility, they even more don't want to complain because they're just so thankful that they got to that point of pregnancy that then they're like, okay, well, I don't want to complain because this is what I wanted or prayed for this whole entire time. And now we're here and I don't want to complain, but even afterwards, I've know I, I've shared this on the pod, podcast before. Is even after having my son, I don't want to like complain about you know oh I'm so tired or I'm so this because like this is all I wanted was a baby. So I don't know, it's know, like a yeah. double edged sword, you know. And we know how hard it is to hear that when we don't desperately want one. It's like I I see your tiredness. <laughs> I don't care about it. Yeah, because like, I just want the baby. Yeah. But then when you're actually living it. And you are very sleep deprived and maybe you have mastitis and breastfeeding and your baby has reflux and you're having these times with your wonderful, wonderful baby. You still need, you still need someone who's going to hold that space and say, yeah, this is hard because mothering is beautiful, but it's, it's a lot, you know, it's, it's a big transition. It's a huge transition. And it's a transition that I don't think is seen culturally we're talking a lot about matrescence now, aren't we? And it's increasingly, there is people who have podcasts and it's beautiful. And we're thinking about motherhood and entering this transition of motherhood and putting the mother, you know, looking after her, putting her forward. 
but I don't I think we've still got a long way to go so yeah I think those those stories are really important um and and yes it always comes with that gratitude piece that we're there we've got, I, it's, I never lose sight of that I don't think I lose sight of that for more than a couple of minutes really absolutely but there's the and isn't there you can be that and yes <laughs> you can be exhausted you know yes. and want someone to make you a really nice meal and to run you a bath and to hold the baby <laughs> And, you know, you can have, and it's both of those things and both of those things. Yeah. Just like you can have joy and grief at the same time. I know that's, I was just talking to my sister-in-law about that recently, um, yeah. about like, you can, you know, be so happy and joyful for someone that just got pregnant and still like feel that grief. So, yeah. I mean, even jealousy so much of, because you want it for yourself, that you can have both of those at the same time. Coexisting. And, you know, any... Pregnancy announcements are so hard. And I think we've all felt the full spectrum and some of those feelings, we don't even really want to associate with those feelings because they don't feel very pleasant, but they're allowed, you know, they're all, they're all valid and they're all human and ordinary. And I think sometimes when people talk about it, you can go, oh yeah, it's okay. Cause I, I felt that. <laughs> like, yeah. It's actually quite normalizing, isn't it? That, that yeah. is, you can be overjoyed for somebody and you can also feel that really deeply for yourself of something that you don't have, I think, at simultaneously. And it's tough, really tough. Absolutely. Oh, well, Helen, thank you so much. Again, um, we'll share everything and link everything for people to be able to reach out to you and ask you any questions and hopefully um, hire you as, you know, their, their doula as well. So we're so thankful you were on today and it was so great meeting you. Thank you. What a lovely conversation. Thank you so much.